Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our show, Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and the purpose of our show is to challenge Mormon polygamists to pick up your Bibles and compare biblical doctrine with the doctrine of Joseph Smith and with the honest desire to learn God's truths. And you'll quickly learn and you'll quickly discover that Jesus is our Savior and Joseph Smith's polygamy doesn't help Jesus save us at all. And if you or anyone that you know is in a polygamy group and you would like help, you'd like to have questions answered or you'd like to get out, you can give us a call. We do help those and can help those who want to escape. We do provide a safe place for you to go and everything that we do is held strictly confidential. We have a toll-free number and you can give us a call if you have questions about this. The number is 877-425-9993. Now, if anyone has comments or questions about any of our shows, we have an email address. It's email at whatloveisthis.tv. Or if you'd rather call us, you can call us on a different phone number, which is 385-240-2888. And now I would like to introduce our co-host, Earl Erson. Hi. Erskine. <laughs> Appreciate being here. <laughs> Appreciate having you here yeah. as we discuss a doctrine that not o- or a statement that not only affects polygamists but also mainstream, mainstream LDS, from it which does. you were once a bishop. Yes. Although Mormon fundamentalists are not the primary audience of the semi-annual Mormon conferences, many of the fundamentalists might watch. I bet they do. And listen to listen the conferences. To what's going on? Especially if they if it concerns Joseph Smith, if they're talking sure. something, especially him because he's the prophet of both the LDS and the polygamists. And this past conference during a particular meeting, Neil Anderson, who is a designated Mormon apostle, apparently made some interesting comments, comments worth discussing here. We're going to begin with a quote from an article in the Deseret News. Immersing oneself in persistent doubt, fueled by answers from the faithless and the unfaithful, weakens one's faith in Jesus Christ and the Restoration. As an example, Elder Anderson said questions concerning the Prophet Joseph Smith are not new. Anderson said, may I share some friendly advice? For now, give Brother Joseph a break. In a future day, you will have a hundred times more information than is found in all of today's internet search engines, and it will come from our all-knowing Heavenly Father. So it's generally acknowledged that the LDS Church has sanitized the official history of Joseph Smith, but the truth is out there and can be found in some very reliable websites on the internet. And many people have learned some very troubling facts about the real Joseph Smith. For instance, Joseph Smith's treasure hunting activities, which today may seem rather innocent, but in those days, the way Joseph Smith hunted treasure was deceitful at best and illegal. 
uh, most of the time. And then, of course, there's Joseph Smith's marriages to 14-year-old girls, his promises of fam uh, uh, to families of eternal exaltation in exchange for polygamy. He married other men's wives. He lied to his first wife about his polygamous marriages, and he lied to the public, and he lied to church members about his polygamy. He lied about translating the Egyptian papyri. He was secretly crowned king of the world on April 11, 1844. He swindled numerous people out of their life savings with a failed bank scheme and so much more. <laughs> now, this is not anti-Mormon rhetoric. This is genuine Mormon history, which has been swept under the rug, but is now being revealed. Neil Anderson also said this, we might remind the sincere inquirer that internet information does not have a truth filter. Some information, no matter how convincing, is simply not true. And that is true. <laughs> Some true. information uh, may not be true, but they're pointing their finger at others, yet it is they who have ignored the truth filter. They have knowingly deceived millions of church members about the character of the early church and its leaders. In fact, the very reason that Neil Anderson must now ask us to give Joseph Smith a break is because they've hidden the truth about him for so many decades, and now it's coming out. <laughs> Anderson's advice to anyone who finds these things troubling is, just give Joseph Smith a break. Not funny. Now, if a Mormon bishop was caught committing adultery, they wouldn't give him a break. No, I don't think so. If he was a sexual predator, he'd be invited to leave the church. Joseph Smith was all these and more. The LDS plea to give Joseph Smith a break is very important to our discussion about Mormon polygamy because it was this same Joseph Smith who started Mormon polygamy and dogmatically taught that it was required for eternal salvation and this should be the concern and the business of every polygamist. The young adult who is in polygamy or the abused child or the abused and lonely polygamous wife may be facing a lifetime of hurt and hopelessness or abuse because Joseph Smith said God said you had to live polygamy. Polygamists have the right to know the truth about Joseph Smith and when they find out the truth, should they really give him a break? His painful and false doctrine of forced polygamy is not giving polygamists a break. Asking folks to give Joseph Smith a break is admitting that there is a problem with Joseph Smith in the first place. And people are beginning to realize that. Yeah, more and more. <laughs> and that's why he had to say that. And they are making waves about it, questioning his behavior and, and his lifestyle and his doctrines. And we heartily agree that it's time people began to ask questions and tell this man about this man and hoping that they won't stop asking until they find out nothing but the truth. <laughs> For an LDS leader to plead that Joseph Smith be given a break is admitting that there are problems and those problems are legitimate, but that we should not hold Joseph Smith accountable for his bad behavior and unacceptable actions. We hold others accountable for their behavior. Why not Joseph Smith? If, if we give Joseph Smith a break, then we're also obligated to give Warren Jeffs a break. After all, they're both guilty of the same crimes. Yeah, so Mar many. <laughs> marriages with minors, 
lying to, to the law enforcement agencies, lying to members of their church, using church authority to lord it over and manipulate church members and a dozen other deceitful practices. And when crimes are prosecuted, how can a judge who is sensitive to serve justice, how can he hand down a ruling that says, well, we recognize his crimes against society, against his church, and against the women he seduced, but let's just give him a break. Have you ever heard a judge <laughs> Can't imagine do that? judge saying that. And, and Joseph Smith's victims, are they merely just disposable and forgettable? While Joseph Smith is placed on a pedestal and millions of people strive to get a testimony of him? The whole idea is so wrong. Who gives repeating and unrepentant lawbreakers a break? We challenge polygamists to take a real close look at Joseph Smith's behaviors and his teachings, beginning with two of his own articles of faith. How did his behavior compare with his own teachings? Articles, what, 12 and 13? 12 and 13, the last uh, two in the articles of faith. We believe in being subject to kings, presidents, rulers, and magistrates, in obeying, honoring, and sustaining the law. And the beginning of 13 says, We believe in being honest, true, chaste, benevolent, virtuous, and in doing good to all men. Well, Smith said we believe in honoring and sustaining the law yeah. and in being chaste. He wasn't. No. And, and, and he, he didn't obey the law. His treasure hunting schemes was against the law. His banking scheme and his polygamy were against the law, but he did them anyway. Polygamy was illegal in every single place the Mormons lived before and after Joseph Smith's death. But he said he believed in obeying the law that he repeatedly broke. The biblical accounts of polygamy do not sustain Joseph Smith's claim that God commanded polygamy. In fact, the Old Testament polygamy was a cultural thing. It was never a commandment. And polygamy was not illegal in biblical times, but it was illegal in Joseph Smith's time. That's true. And it's yeah. still illegal. Yeah. So there can be no fair comparison of Old Testament polygamy and Joseph Smith's 1830s culture of a supposed restoration. And besides all that, God commanded the kings of Israel not to take multiple wives or their hearts would be led astray. And that's precisely what happened. So this puts Joseph Smith's claims in a precarious predicament, which Mormon polygamists should honestly study out. So how is truth and justice served if we just give Joseph Smith a break? All Mormons and polygamists and LDS need to ask themselves, why their leaders have to excuse Joseph Smith's behavior for the same crimes that condemned Warren Jeffs. Now, our purpose is to discuss unbiblical doctrine, especially for polygamists who are living the miserable life of polygamy because they believe Joseph Smith. They deserve to know the truth. God says truth is the only thing that will set us free from false teachings. Now, I he frequently hear people complain that we speak bad of other religions, and, and then they hold themselves up as an example that they don't speak bad about other religions, and then they proceed <laughs> to say horrible things about polygamists. But polygamy is the religion of polygamists. Yeah. And they're doing the same things Joseph Smith did. And they scoff at men like Warren Jefferson took such young girl as Pearl Brides. They, they express disgust at the Kingstons and their incest and abuse to wives and children. And they condemn polygamy doctrine. And if this isn't talking bad about other religions, I don't know what is. But the point is, all this began with Joseph Smith. 
So why should we give him a break? Yet they don't give Warren Jeffs a break. If Joseph Smith had lived during the days of Deuteronomy, he would have been stoned to death as a false prophet. We've quoted these verses before. It's always appropriate, so it, we'll quote them it again. It is again from Deuteronomy 18. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded him to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, must be put to death. You may say to yourselves, how can we know when a message has not been spoken by the Lord? If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is the message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet has spoken presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. So God said, ignore false prophets. He didn't say, give them a break. And Joseph Smith was a false prophet. We have some comments from internet sites of people's responses to Anderson's plea to give Joseph Smith a break, and we'd like to share a couple of those responses with you. Yeah, these are interesting. In essence, Anderson is saying God made a big mistake, so give God a break. And in reality, and you get to the bottom of it, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. If, if Smith made so many mistakes and he was called by God... And God made a mistake. Then God made a mistake by, call, by uh, calling Joseph Smith. Here's, oh. an, here's another one. Okay. <laughs> he, crea he created a virus that has infected the operating software of many people's brains that I care about. And that virus has continued to replicate for 200 years. He lied. He made up the Pearl of Great Price, translated it out of Egyptian funerary document, married other men's wives after sending them away on missions, claimed that his Hebrew-descended Lamanites were the principal ancestors of the American Indians. No DNA evidence for that. Kinderhook plates, lies, 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 a foundation of lies. So instead of giving Joseph Smith a break, he should be given a prison sentence. <laughs> and there's another comment we yes, want to Yes, another one. Give him a break for marrying other men's wives, using power, threats, and promises of post-mortal rewards to prey on pubescent girls publicly lying about his polygamous behavior, evading law enforcement, ordering the destruction of a newspaper that meant to discredit him, and boldly proclaiming that by keeping his church together, he pulled off something even Jesus couldn't manage. No wonder the last conference <laughs> warned people away from the Internet, because all this information is true, it's in Mormon history, yeah. and Joseph Smith is guilty of all these things. Well, we're not going to give Joseph Smith a break, and neither will thousands and thousands of others who have been hurt by Joseph Smith and his doctrines. In fact, we want to share 14 reasons why we won't give Joseph Smith a break. Now, I'm sure we could probably come up with 114 a <laughs> reasons, but we're just going to work on 14 reasons of why we will not give Joseph Smith a break. The first three reasons, number one, because he lived polygamy with 33 plural wives and lied about it. Number two, because he broke the civil law prohibiting polygamy and lied about it. Number three, because he married other men's wives. Okay, there's um, three, reasons. three each, reasons. Each one of them worthy of not giving him a break. That's right. Number four, because he bartered eternal life in exchange for some of his plural brides. We've talked about that a number of times, haven't uh -huh, we? we have. Number five, because he threatened to ruin the reputation of women who rejected his proposals. Number six, because he threatened damnation and destruction to Emma if she rejected his polygamous scheme and also threatened damnation to any woman who rejected polygamy. And that damnation, by the way, continues to this day in the Doctrine and Covenants. 
you know, the damnation and in, the polygamy in, groups, right? in the polygamy groups, right? Uh -huh. And so the we don't give him a break uh, <laughs> based on those other three. And by the way, if God said we shouldn't live polygamy, then we shouldn't live polygamy. And we have a verse from the New Testament on that. Yeah, First Corinthians seven two. But since there is so much immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. So that's one for one. <laughs> One man for one woman and one woman for one man. And that's what the Bible teaches. Okay, the next three reasons that we won't give Joseph Smith a break. Yeah, seven, eight, and nine. Because he built many people out of many thousands of dollars in his Kirtland bank scheme. Because he didn't translate the Book of Mormon, the Book of Abraham, or the Bible, but said he did. Because he revealed the word of wisdom, but didn't honor it himself. And according to several of his own diary accounts, he imbibed in strong drinks. Now, we're just going to bring a couple of instances here. But in his own diary, he wrote on Saturday, June 1st, 1844, and I quote, drank a glass of beer at Boishers. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, drinking a glass of beer is not going to keep anyone out of heaven, but no. he said it would. Yeah. And so here he is drinking it. And then we have a quote from the history of the church. The guard immediately sent for a bottle of wine, pipes, and two small papers of tobacco, and one of the guards brought them into the jail soon after the jailer went out. Dr. Richards uncorked the bottle and presented a glass to Joseph, who tasted as Brother Taylor and the doctor, and the bottle was then given to the guard, who turned to go out. So here they are celebrating in jail, or crying in their beer, we don't know which, but they, he's not, of course, imbibing, or uh, he is imbibing, therefore he's not following his own word of wisdom. Now, this is serious because... Why would we give him a break when we don't see that he's showing any repentance for any of his bad behavior? Yeah, that's true. And and even Brigham Young had wineries and so on here in the... In mm -hmm. the in, he, he had his own... The, he owned his own... In the territory. His, his own winery. Yeah. That's right. He told him to go out and buy coffee and <laughs> tobacco. He said, let's grow our own tobacco. Yeah. You know, so reason number 10. Uh, the reason we won't... 10th reason we won't give him a break... Is because he said he restored a lost gospel that was never lost in the first place. In Galatians, we're going to read some verses here that shows us how serious it is for Joseph Smith to change the gospel and why we cannot give Joseph Smith a break. Yeah, this is from Paul, of course, and Paul also says that he's... He's been preaching the gospel. So mm -hmm. yeah. this is what he says he, he wants you to pay attention to. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion or try, and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than that what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Now, if we were to do as Neil Anderson said, this should read, l l just give him a break. Not <laughs> eternal condemned, yeah. not, not the, the, the condemnation here that Paul is giving, but let's just give him a break. We can't do that because God doesn't. And Joseph Smith preached a different gospel <laughs> than Paul preached. Yeah, it almost seems like the word uh, it, 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 it is synonymous with ignore. Give him a yeah. break. It's just Let's just ignore, ignore what he it. did. That's, that's a good point, yeah. and that's true. Yeah. Okay, reason number 11. 
because Joseph Smith boasted that he did greater things than Jesus ever did. There are some Mormons that don't believe that this, that this uh, little quote exists. It's but it in does. the history of the church. <laughs> Volume 6, page four, 408 and 409. I have more to boast of than ever any man had. I am the only man that has ever been able to keep a whole church together since the days of Adam. A large majority of the whole has stood by me. Neither Paul, John, Peter, nor Jesus ever did it. I boast that no man ever did such a work as I. The followers of Jesus ran away from him, but the Latter-day Saints never ran away from me yet. So why should we give him a break based on those, based on just the, the 11 that we've mentioned so far, and he continued on with these things. Yeah, he, he there didn't. didn't show any repentance, any turning away, no. but he just went headlong into it faster and deeper. No fear of God, that's for he sure. He didn't seem to have any fear. In fact, he reinvented who God was. Yeah, that's true. He did that. But there is nobody did a better job or even come close to comparing the job that Jesus did. That's true. And then number 12, we won't give Joseph Smith a break because, and this again is in History of the Church, because he said, quote, And you have got to learn how to be gods yourselves and be kings and priests to God, the same as all gods have done before you. But God said, we cannot become gods ourselves. Now we find that in Isaiah 44, verse 6. This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty, I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. So we cannot become gods at all. So we can't give him a break because he taught other gods. And number 13, because Joseph Smith was a false prophet and God didn't say to give false prophets a break. There's lots about false prophets in the, in Bible. the Bible. We're going to use two quotes out of Jeremiah. Okay, five and, chapters 5 and 14. The prophets are but wind and the word is not in them. So let what they say be done to them. And then the Lord said to me, The prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I have not sent them or appointed them or spoken to them. They are prophesying to you false visions, divinations, idolatries, and the delusions of their own minds. And that's what Joseph Smith was doing. Yes. And look what it says in verse 13. It says, so let what they say be done to them. Yeah. Joseph Smith said if Emma didn't accept polygamy, she would be destroyed. Who right. lived to be an old person and who was who destroyed. was destroyed in their young age? Joseph Smith. Yeah, that's what he said was actually done to him. And God's penalty for false prophets was death. And number 14, we won't give Joseph Smith a break because he didn't know if his prophecies came from God or from the devil. And we quote his own words. Again from the history of the church. In 1830, Joseph had received a revelation that the brethren were to sell the copyright to the Book of Mormon in Canada. They failed to do so, partly because the revelation sent them to the wrong town. And upon their return, accused Joseph Smith of falsely prophesying. Joseph responded, some revelations are of God, some revelations are of man, and some revelations are of the devil. So what did he do? Send them on a, a, a false trip to Canada? I know which is which, huh? Yeah. If God doesn't give Joseph Smith a break, I don't think we should give him a break either. Smith pretended to retranslate the Bible to, to correct errors, 
but he had no manuscript that he translated from, nor is there any manuscript evidence anywhere to substantiate his changes. Plus, the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls over 100 years later proved that Joseph Smith's version was wrong on every point that he changed and that the Bible they used then and as we have it today is correct. That's so neat. Jesus told us, watch out. And that's what we want to say to our polygamous viewers. Watch out. Yeah, from Matthew chapter 7, the Sermon on the Mount. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. Okay, now the quote here is from the context. We have to remember context is false prophets. The context here is false prophets. By their fruits of a prophet you will know them. So what is the fruit of Joseph Smith? Well, just take a look at the FLDS. Take a look at Warren Jeffs, at Paul Kingston, at the Kingston Polygamy Group. Just take a look at the AUB leader, uh, Lynn Thompson, who's been accused of child sexual abuse, not just once, but several times. If we give Joseph Smith a break, we must give them all a break too, because they're doing what Joseph Smith did. And we have a quote again from Jesus in Matthew 24. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Book of Mormon, do we find that God asks us to give false prophets a break. Earl, when you came out of the LDS Church and you realized that that you had been believing false (laughs) doctrine, doctrine, false gospel, and so on, how did you feel um, in this, when you look at this verse, watch out that no one deceives you? How did you feel about being so deceived for so many years? You know, it's interesting because it was just that moment when I finally gave myself permission to kind of step back just a little bit because until then I was fully indoctrinated and anything that even Neil Anderson saying what he said at General Conference, I probably would have believed it mm. and said, okay, well, let's give Joseph Smith a break. I didn't know all this other stuff, but the things that I had been learning. But yes, there was a moment when I finally just had to back up and say, you know, this doesn't make any sense. This isn't true. So when, so when we talk to these people and we read what, Joseph, what Jesus said, watch out that no one deceives you, how do we get them to see they've been deceived? Well, I just hope they'll listen. You know, listening to this and and thinking about the logic that you're presenting here, that we're presenting as a discussion, that that they do have areas that they're they're not understanding, they didn't know before, and just consider the just logic. Consider, yeah. yeah and let it mull over. Uh, and if it's not true, then it'll pass. But if it is true, they should think about it and 
and be aware of it and Give, not ignore it. And not ignore it. That's not the whole thing. It. And if they can prove it, the truth can stand to be tested. Yeah. And, and so don't ignore it. Look for it. Check it out. That's all we ever yeah. ask anybody to do. We give you the information. You can check it out. You can go to the Internet because yeah. there is a lot of good information on there. But if you don't want to do that, you can also go to Mormon History That's has right. all this stuff. Thanks, Earl. Thanks again Thank for, you, for another it. show. Uh, Joseph Smith's religion began less than 200 years ago by a man who made so many mistakes that we are begged to give him a break. Yet Christianity that Jesus Christ authored goes back over 2,000 years and he was absolutely perfect. He never made mistakes. He is a much better choice. No one has to plead with anyone to give Jesus Christ a break. So why follow the <laughs> sinner when we can follow the sinless? Why strive to have a testimony of the sinner, Joseph Smith, when we should only have a testimony of the Savior, Jesus Christ? Obviously, truth has been turned upside down in this culture. In Psalms we read, I have chosen the way of truth. You know what? We plead with you, our viewers, just follow the truth himself, Jesus Christ, who never made a mistake. See you next time on Polygamy. What love is this? This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy. What love is this? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again. Mm -hmm.